This is To Live As Christ Podcast. Hit us up on social media. Lord, give us grace. Not what we deserve. Grace needed, we all... Welcome back. We've, uh, we've got a interesting, highly, I guess, debated topic today. This is probably the not probably this is definitely the most controversial topic we've covered at uh up to this point and, and today we want to um this david again along with with will hello we want to discuss the sanctity of human life so might not be i mean we'll probably laugh at some point but uh We'll get the laughing over with now. I put a Charles Spurgeon bobblehead doll right in front of the microphone. Yeah, so it's for like inspiration. He's, he's talking also is what it looks like. Okay, back to serious stuff. Yeah, okay, real serious. All right, serious face. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so sanctity of human life. And, and I want to start off with saying this is not, we're not trying to make a political statement here or, you know, show what, what kind what party we align with because it's for me and i would say there are probably some things that that will and i don't agree on and and there's some things from every side probably that i would align with on different issues but this is probably not probably this is definitely the most important issue facing us as christians and facing us as americans and even facing us just as as humans today is is the sanctity of human life. So we want to not not make a political statement, but a biblical statement. Like why why do we be, we don't we believe the way we believe because it lines up with Scripture. Because it's the things the things that God is for are the things that we want to be for, and we firmly believe that the Bible teaches that. God is about life. So, yeah. So, God's about life, so we should be about life. You can probably hear my old-fashioned paper Bible uh, pages turning because it's right next to the microphone. But because of some technical difficulties, we're having to share a microphone, so we don't have a lot of room. But it's all good. Mm -hmm. So... The first reason we believe in the sanctity of human life, we believe that human life is, is sacred, is because humans, us, we, unless you're an animal listening to this podcast, which is impressive, mm-hmm. but yeah. So humans are made in the image of God. It's what we call the, the Imago Dei, that from we believe from conception... Humans, mankind, is made in the image of God. We see this in Genesis chapter 1. should be really easy for all you Bible drillers out there to find. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens. And over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over 
every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. We also see some uh, some cool Trinitarian language there in those verses, but that's mm-hmm. a that's a subject for <laughs> for another time. It's just cool how let us create man in our image, and then so God created man in His own image. So we see He there. It's just kind it's kind of cool. So man is created in the image of God. That's very clear right there. So that's man is created differently than the rest of creation we are different than animals like we're we are and that's god's image that's what's different about us he gave us the ability to ration and to um, i thought you could say he gave us the ability to rap well some people were yeah. cray <laughs> yeah. not me he did not give me that ability <laughs> We're different from animals because we can rap. <laughs> so, God created man in his image, Imago Dei. So that's that's the first, I mean, that's kind of the big, right there, why it's wrong to, it is wrong and sinful to destroy God's image. Like that's, mm-hmm. God created, so that's God's, God's domain got like that's not just something that we well our our morality is is wrapped up in the fact that we are created in God's image if uh we're held to uh a unique set of standards because we are made in God's image um that's what differentiate differentiates uh us from you know dogs <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or animals, you know. Yeah, um, you be looking up that Psalm twenty four mm-hmm. verse there, but um, so might want to use your your phone since that's a oh yeah not the right translation. That's that's not the ESV like we yeah we use. You can't be cool unless you yeah. <laughs> so man is made in the image of God, and God is the creator, and God. So God owns life. God is the owner of life. God is the giver and taker of life. That's not our domain on on any level. And we also see within this image, um, which you want to read that Psalm twenty four verse one. Yeah, the earth is the sorry. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. Yeah. So God owns everything in the earth. God is God is the owner. Um, we also see within that that concept of the image of God and that truth that God is He's not just about life, but He is about um, specifically in Scripture. God is about life that is in need and lives that are in need and people that are in need. God is about the um, those that can't defend themselves. He's that's something God God is about. We see that, for example, in the story of Hagar and Ishmael, that very needy. I mean, they they have nothing. They're, everything's taken away from them. her husband and his father is is gone. Pretty much all they have is some food and some water, and their future is pretty much just until that water runs out. And it's a really kind of um, it's a really 
gutting story when you think about especially you know being a parent that that Hagar's there and she pretty much walks away from her son and tries to get out of earshot so that she can't hear him die Hmm. and then God comes in and God says I heard the boys cries so even though you had to do this awful thing of um you had to do this awful thing of you know, leaving your son to where you couldn't hear him, I still heard him. And I still heard the child's cries, and I still heard, and came to their rescue, not because there was something inherently, like, positive or great about Hagar and Ishmael. They weren't rich. They had nothing. But God cared, and God saw them. Um, so we see, we, we see many stories like that, that God is, is for the needy. And um, you might start to hear some rain in the background because I'm pretty sure we're about to get hit with a tornado. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so at what point... So we've... Man is created in the image of God. We've established that. God owns his creation. Therefore, it is wrong for us to take life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we, that's, not our, <laughs> that's not our responsibility to take, mm-hmm. to take life. That's, that's God. So that's wrong. So then, obviously, the next point is at, at what point does life begin? So where does life start to where, like, where's that line of where it is, it's, it's wrong? And where is it, like, where does it begin at? And this is this is the big kind of point of contention between, like, pro-life and pro-choice is it'd be helpful to establish what the what like where people would say it would begin yes at the different points yes like we we believe life begins at conception and we're about to give you some some biblical evidence for that whereas the opposition to this would say life begins at at birth yeah. which we're going to make some some claims of why we think that just Sounds yeah, this just sounds crazy. Like that that's what at what point life begins. But what you see in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you in the womb I knew you, and before you were born I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to the nation. So before before I formed you in first we see God forming children in the womb of their mother. We see God as a part of of that like he's forming us he's designing us he's making us into the people that we will be like he's doing that so that's god is there um and we see before i formed you in in the womb i knew you so there's a a personal knowledge that god has with a here a preconceived jeremiah um so that seems to kind of say like that's Early on, you are a life that God is forming and that God personally and intimately knows. So we also see in Psalm chapter 51, David says, you know, in sin my mother conceived me. Like, that's where that's where his, his sinful nature began was at conception. That's where life began. That's where... Um, it seems to be pretty clear that that's that's where life begins biblically. Also, I think we can make the 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 point that just 
common sense, that's where life begins. Like if you like I've I've got a I've got a two and a half year old, so it wasn't that long ago that we went through a pregnancy. Like when you go into that doctor's office because you'll go on a bunch of doctor's appointments and checkups and all that like everything about that doctor's office is like this is this is a person that we are giving you advice on how to take good care of this person because it is a person because it is a life because it is something that's important you should take care of it and here's how you take the best care of it like all that whole (laughs) all of that is built around just inherently believing this is a person in here this is a child. This is this is an actual human being in here. We also see, I mean, it's like when, and I know this this might bring up some some difficult memories memories for a lot of our our listeners. But when when a miscarriage takes place, I mean, and there is mourning happening. Is the mourning happening because the parents just didn't get what they wanted? Like, absolutely not. It's because a life is gone. Mm-hmm. A life that you miss and that you loved and that you look forward to seeing in heaven one day. Like a, a life is gone. Like that's that's because that is that's life. Even in our laws, I mean if you were to if you were a drunk driver and you killed a woman or you if you were a drunk driver and you hit a woman that was pregnant and she lost that baby, you can be charged with manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Even if that woman was on the way to an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a, that was an actual... The last, I don't know if the last part was part of it, but that was an actual case in California. Um, uh, I guess it was a few years ago now where uh, I think the lady got raped, unfortunately, and and then killed or something. I, can't, I wish I could remember the exact case, but basically... The guy that did it was charged with uh, with double homicide. Wow! And I, I can't remember I can't remember exactly where that like all the ins and outs about it, but I know that that was part of it. And if you've ever seen a sonogram, I mean, look at it. It's a baby. She's her head here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a yeah, and it it is not. We believe that it's not the that. And here's here's the real difference we believe that human being in the womb has as many rights as the mother yeah like we don't believe the mother's rights and the mother's desires trump the i thought you, I thought you were going to make weren't going to make this political <laughs> <laughs> uh, trump wordplay so let me clear this up I, you do have rights you do have rights over your own body but what we believe is that if you're a woman and you're pregnant that that child inside you that's not your body that's its body and you do not have rights over it yeah your convenience does not warrant the slaughter of another human being yeah so no matter the circumstance i just want to read some some quick just kind of jarring facts here um half of the pregnancies among american women are unintended and four in ten of these are terminated by abortion 21 percent of all pregnancies end in abortion 
In 2011, 1.6 million abortions were performed, down 13% from 1.21 million in 2008. From 1973 through 2011, nearly 53 million legal abortions occurred. Each year, 1.7% of women aged 15 to 44 have an abortion. Half have had at least one previous abortion. So, that that's that's just staggering numbers. I think I think I heard somewhere that by far, like I think in the last few years, like over forty-one, maybe just last year, forty-one million infants were aborted in the world. And we got those statistics, by the way, from the gospel, the Gospel for Life by the Gospel uh, for Life series on the gospel and abortion. Um, Russell Moore's the editor. It's good good stuff they they, they kind of have all different issues on they have like one book on racism and all kinds of cool stuff but um <laughs> so, not, that's not cool <laughs> yeah cool stuff to talk about hey. and to get a, a biblical <laughs> foundation and biblical thought process uh, no, for yeah just mess <laughs> but so you think about that like that's that's the leading killer in the world is abortion and that we, that's, I mean, 41 million, like, that's more, I mean, that's over three times more than people that were killed in the Holocaust. I was going to say, it's modern, this is, this is a Holocaust. It's worse. Yeah, it's worse. It's worse because it's more people, and they're even more, um, and these- more of a victim and more defenseless than those that were okay i'm so we probably don't need to compare that because the holocaust was awful and i don't want to like lessen yeah the evil that took place well, there. I, I heard um i heard someone say that the, the the uh the most dangerous place a baby can be right now is in the mother's womb yeah and that's that's staggering to think about because that's awful um yeah, yeah because the mother's womb should be a safe place yeah. And it is a sacred place, and um, it is sinful to violate it. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's a good time to mention, like, so we know there are a lot a lot of you out there, a lot of listeners, that this is a part of your past. Whether you had an abortion, whether you um, pushed somebody to have an abortion, whether you... and and we want we don't want you to hear this and think that we are condemning you or saying that God loves you any less or saying that that cuz for you just like for me and for everyone that like there's hope in the gospel and there's grace yes and and that's something we can i mean abortion just like everything else is like God God's death Jesus's death on the cross was strong enough to cover that, and so we want, and we also want you to know, like this is that's something I can't, ima- you know, just imagine the pain there. Like you're not alone, and Jesus is there with you. Like He doesn't just sit on high and say, "Oh, you're forgiven." Like He is down in the mess with us, and is there for you and with you, and so. Look, look to Jesus if, if that's how you're feeling here and that. Because this is a, 
I mean, this is a weighty subject just because this has touched so many people. Like, so many people have this in their past, and it's, I think the way it's been presented, even at times by the church, is a very condemning way. Um, but but we'll talk some more about that um, towards the end when we talk about like what is how do we how should we respond how sh- what what does this mean for us as the church so you have some some kind of common opposition to to what we're trying to say that abortion is is wrong and is something that we should fight against so and some different cases so I, I just wanted three of those in particular that you'll hear a lot that that we kind of want to talk through and give kind of an answer for um, should so the first one would be should a a child be punished for a mistake saying like a teenager makes a mistake is pregnant should that child then should that wrong decision alter the rest of that teenager's life because of the decision they made when they were 15 or 14 and and my argument is like that even that thinking is inherently sinful so like if you're if you're a parent and this happens to your child as a teenager like the last thing at that point you want to do is to teach your teenager that you don't have to take responsibility for the mistakes that you make like you you want your teenager to understand like yeah like it's a mistake god still loves you and god loves that child and you made a mistake that child is not a mistake and um so i just think that's just not a a healthy way of thinking in the, in the first place of saying you know should we shouldn't have to be held responsible for our mistakes like that's it's just not reality. Yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna have to own up to your sin. We all have to own up to our our sins at some point. Yeah. None of us can escape it. It's either we either have to face it at the cross or we face it in judgment. Yeah. And uh, so inevitably, you can't run from it. <laughs> yeah. So so the second one is is what happens if if the pregnancy is going to potentially affect the health of the mother. And and my argument with that would be like I think at all times medicine and physician care should be done with the goal of saving all lives that are involved. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think you can say like one life should be forfeited for one life that can't <laughs> make that decision should be forfeited for, for the other. I think everything should be done to save both. All, all lives, yes. Yeah. Like that's that's the purpose of of medicine. Um, we so. don't we don't claim to be physicians. Physician, I can't say the word. I'm not a doctors. Doctor. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so we we don't. Claim oh, but to, I played one on TV. We we don't want to sound like we know everything about the ins and outs of the medical side of it. But we're coming from a. But we do have the right to speak on behalf of what the bible says and this is what this is the stance the bible takes yeah and i think you know a good example of that even though you know i might hate him as a football player that played at florida but tim tebow 
you know, his, <laughs> you've heard it that his, his mother was for health reasons to her, she was encouraged to abort him. And, but her, because of her faith, she didn't. And mm. now. Yeah, look at, look at how Christ has worked through Tim. I mean, he didn't need, obviously Christ can, he doesn't need any of us, but uh, Tim has obviously been used for his own glory. And uh, that's the, that's the aim of any, of anyone that's. You know, been huh. been made in the image of God. Honestly. Yeah. You also hear what about like the health of a? Did y'all hear that thunder? It's yeah, it's, crazy. It's like a tornado warning outside. Yeah. Surprised the siren haven't started. We're also uh, flooding pretty bad here. It's been raining like at least forty days and forty nights at this point. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> Genesis. Oh yeah. Thir- uh, sorry. Thirty. So thirty nine. At least thirty nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also hear like the health of the child or. I think I think I, I heard a stat today that, and this is this sounds horrible, but that like 67 percent of infants that have Down syndrome are aborted. Yeah. And that's I mean it's like I heard I, I was listening to a sermon today and, and the pastor said and it's such a great point like how often do we see you know you'll see a viral video or something of a, a child with special needs being bullied at church and just people rally around the defense of that child. Where are all those voices and those people when you hear about a child with special needs being aborted just because they have needs? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's evil. Yeah. So you also hear, um, what about rape or incest? And and my statement to that would be, how can you punish the child for something that it had yeah. no yeah, and part it, of. I mean, we do want to, this is where we need to, we'll get to this, but the church needs to respond mm-hmm. with compassion to people that have been victims of of sexual abuse. I mean, that, that's a reality that we have to acknowledge, but at the same time, uh, even in this, even in, in such a difficult situation, it's it doesn't warrant the 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 homicide of of the baby in the womb, um, yeah. but at the same time we do we want to respond carefully to mm-hmm. to those who who are who are victims because that's a real that's a reality. People do um, there's people that face this way too often. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a um, there's a guy I know who he he's a uh, he's a worship leader and. He his he shares his testimony all the time and actually has written a book about you know he was a product of a of a rape and hmm. I mean now he like just how God has used his life and used his testimony like again just how can you punish a child who <laughs> for the sins of of the parent but so so what is this okay so refresher here all humankind is made in the image of god god takes life seriously god is about protecting life um life begins at conception um jeremiah 1 5 psalm 51 therefore we believe 
that abortion is the taking of a human life, which is wrong and should not just the taking of a human life, but the taking of a defenseless, helpless human life. And because of that, that's something the church should be about protecting those that cannot protect themselves, which is where we're at. Like, what does this mean now for us and for the church? And because this is, this is a, I think this is the, probably the one big issue that's facing us today that the church has to be fighting against is, is abortion. Um, and if anyone should be on the front lines doing it, it should be the church. Yes. And so, now, does that mean that we need a certain president or a certain party to be in control? No, that doesn't mean that. But that means that the church should be the church should be a place where we women should. that are facing this these decisions should be encouraged and taken care of and loved on. And man, I heard a, a great story told by uh, Matt Chandler about at his church that this this 14-year-old girl was um, was abused by a stepfather and was pregnant from it and that this older woman in the church that had some some resources just took this girl in and said like I'm going to support you and this child and this like I'm going to be there with you for all the doctor's appointment for all like that's that's what the church looks like that's what the church should look like there are also uh, some probably wherever you're at like there are local organizations that take on this cause like where we live in northwest Alabama there's an organization called Shell Save a Life that and hopefully sometime soon I'd like to um, interview the guy that kind of heads that up to talk about this issue he's also a, a church planner good guy he's been to Ukraine with us but um, so th there are all kinds of ways that that you can be about this and that you should be about this. Also, I think, you know, we've talked about the the hypocrisy of one view where, you know, you're say you're about equality and freedom, but you're not about the equality and the freedom of children. And, and we also see some inconsistencies in our own our own uh point of view where we say we're about children in the womb but it's like once we get out of the womb then we're not about them so we believe that when you say you're pro-life as christians you should be pro all life pro unborn infants pro orphan pro widow pro life of a minority pro um, life of a refugee pro people you know people in Africa that are struggling with starvation, like pro all life, not just pro American life, not just pro, but pro all life. But, um, so and that's something that we'll probably expound on this issue. Cause there's a lot more we want to say, but I'm pretty sure we're about to get hit by a tornado. It's getting pretty crazy. And, uh, wheels got to make it home. It's literally like, it is bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, Hopefully, again, y'all are listening to this not as like they found it on my computer 
in the rubble of my house because it got hit by a tornado, but you're just listening to it because I post yeah. it later. So I guess with everything being said, we, we care about life because life was made, human life is made in the image of God. Yep, and you can hear my little life that we created in the background just showed up. Which is so. very convenient. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll catch y'all next time. This the exit to leave here and we all go through it. You think I'm ready, you got that right, I look forward to it. You say I'm crazy for Jesus, that boy's done went insane. But I wrote with Paul to live as Christ and to die as gain. The man, the woman, who will set their one goal to commune with God and to be with Him, everything else will fall in place. Absolutely everything else will fall in place.